Welcome, everyone, to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a nerd-centric podcast where we talk about movies, television, games, in that order. Uh, you can find us on social medias if you want to. You know, try and talk to us um, IRL. Uh, and then you can also go to our Patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. If you wanted to pitch in on the plight of ours that is fiscal, which is paying for hosting, saving up for better gear for the show, because this is a webcam and the, you know, it's, the refresh rate's a little wonky here. Yeah, plus I, we want to see just how much we can value you. We already value you plenty, but we really, we really want to give you the opportunity for us to value you more. Increase your value with us. It's capitalism, folks. That's how that works. Um, That's how it is. He's joking. Uh, so, um, what did you, man? You have a lot of stuff. Written I, down. I, yeah, I have so many down, things yeah. written down. It's uh, just to clarify before we get in. It's been a couple of weeks since we did an excitement ink. Uh, we had a lost, uh, a, a loss a couple of weeks ago. My cousin passed away. Um, he was someone I knew my whole life. He was someone. Rich got to meet a couple of times and wishes he had more time with. It's been a rough couple of weeks for us. So we are uh, sorry it's been a minute. If you're listening now, um, if you are a subscriber, we're going to make up to you as it stands. But um, that is why our backlog here might be a little bit bigger than usual. Yes. That being said. R.I.P. R- Kevin, may your memory be eternal. That's true. Uh, Rich, what media have you uh, partaken in? I have been watching all of the things. I have been watching so much stuff. I um, also got a new Lego set that is kind of bordering on the camera here. So yeah, 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 yeah. putting that together, I was watching a bunch of stuff while putting that together. So cool. Cool. my video game, that's why my video game list is always significantly shorter than okay. yours, because I watch stuff as I'm building other cool. stuff and things sense. of that nature. Yeah. So. Um, I'll start with the stuff that I've been going to the theater with the wife to see. Okay, okay. Um, we went and saw Eternals. Yes, as did I. Yes. What'd you think of Eternals? I thought it was fine. I thought it was it was perfectly entertaining. Um, I don't know why it's it's the lowest rated Marvel movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's weird to me. I definitely enjoyed this movie much more than I enjoyed Thor, and more than I enjoyed Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, so it's a little, it's a little wonky to me. Um, but I thought, I thought it was just fine. I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. Um, I'm also a big, big fan of Camille Nanjiani. Yes. So, and his, so funny. his performance in this movie was spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. I get why it would be the lowest rated of the Marvel movies because there isn't so much the heroics and capes. Yes. As there is the just kind of passage of time heroics, I would say. There is that and drama in yeah. the way that there's a lot of character introspective, you know. So it's it's really not your, you know, the the a lot of the, the Marvel movies in the past have been very um Oh geez, shit's going down, and we gotta, you know, um, save the world and fight this villain. And it's a lot less of of that, and a lot more of like there's a massive catastrophe coming. Mm-hmm. We have to dig ourselves out of this hole after being in hiding for literal like centuries, 
and we have to pull ourselves together to continue to be our badass selves. But I, I thought the majority of these characters, all of them in their main cast slash supporting, you know what I mean? Which is weird because it's a massive cast. Yeah. All had more depth in them as characters than any supporting character in any Marvel movie, um, other than Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the feeling I got. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I'm looking forward to more Eternals. I'm looking forward to more Kumail in my Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's yeah, me too. So, I find it interesting that uh, this is like the third Marvel movie with Gemma Chan in it. It is. Yeah, she was. Um, she was in Captain Marvel as um, one of the Kree. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I want to say that she was in one of the Guardians. Which movies. is interesting because she was like the star of this one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she was on a show um, on Sci-Fi called Humans, playing mm-hmm. an android. Oh. That's where I became familiar with her first, and she's an excellent actress. Nice. I enjoy her quite a bit, so it was fun to see her in this. Um, At that same time, we saw the new Bond movie, No Time to Die. Yes. Which was an excellent Bond film. It really was. They did a really good job on making that, you know, the last outing for Daniel Craig's Bond. Yes. I thought it was very good. Did you know um, that in No Time to Die that uh, they brought on a female writer? For their female characters. That's why their female characters were so good. That makes sense. Phoebe Waller-Rich of Flea. The, the, the Flea Bag? Yes. They brought in the Flea Bag? They brought in the Flea Bag. I did see the Flea Bag in the uh, credits. Yeah. That's why they brought her on. That's why their female characters rock so much. Okay. And No Time to Die. Excellent. Which I will say, it was really cool. Each and every one of the, the female characters in this were badasses in their own right. Um, And I thought for that reason, it was very, very clever and it was very um i don't know it just had way more depth it's weird because you know a lot of people wouldn't really go to a bond movie for you know wokeness i suppose um but this one was very woke all of them technically up to this point have been very woke i'm i'm seeing this shift to where there's more of an equality among the characters yes and that i mean that was kind of that's becoming more prevalent Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of here for it Mm mm-hmm I'm actually seeing it kind of in my regular life as well. Like I'm in a I'm in a management structure of a company and the other managers, we are now men are now outnumbered by women. There are more female management and female executives than there are male. Good. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it all day. I think yep. it's awesome. So yeah. We're fine for that. And that's kind of why, you know, um, you know, so yeah, that was like the first thing that I liked about No Time to Die was how strong these female characters were and it made sense. Right. My second favorite thing about it was um Billie Eilish's No Time to Die that she sang. Yes. Because I like a couple of Billie Eilish's songs, but I can't really listen to a lot of her because all she does is whisper. Yeah. In her music. She goes <laughs> all of her songs and that's fine. That's her style, whatever. It's just not something. And I just have thought to myself for like the last two years, three years, I would love to hear her fucking belt some music. I would right. love to hear some hear her just belt some fucking notes. I'd like to hear her her voice at peak, her using it. Right. 
and she uses it for No Time to Die. So yeah. <laughs> there's she belts one of the last notes in the intro song. And I'm like, yes, I re- that is the only part of that uh, movie that I rewinded other than the end um, that I rewound to hear again. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, there it is. And I got goosebumps and I was like, I knew she had some fucking pipes. Nice. And she's not whispering with her pipes. Excellent. Good. I enjoyed it as well. It's very, very whispery and very, I mean, I can appreciate the instrumentation to the songs if they, if they're supported by the vocals. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And you like No Time to Die? So, I enjoyed that. Um, We then saw Clifford the Big Red Dog. Well then. Total kids movie. Oh, it, it, it is, is an absolute kids movie. Is it? Oh yeah, so it's. I I mean, it's based off of reading primers. Yep. So naturally. I mean, there is no, no surprise here. At no point there is no red rocket. <laughs> no, there was not. You know, there, there was not there Clifford no, the Big Red Lipstick, as I was hoping is, for. No, Clifford <laughs> the Big Red Rocket. <laughs> he's just getting excited. <laughs> yeah. And no, he's a very well-behaved dog. He finds. Naturally, well, he is a magical dog, so I mean, you know. Yes. So it's. It's. Did he have did did he have to be potty trained though? Do you have any potty training accidents? They didn't even touch on that. Oh really? Oh, so uh, uh, that no, being there said, was, there was so, no like pee, poop, fart, humor, <laughs> and I was just like, you are just. Which is technically you are you are leaving stuff at the door here. Yeah. Really. Right. I mean. Oh, like we're sitting here joking about the red rock and the red lipstick, sure. But like, is can they do did, so? Okay, kids movie. Was it funny at all outside of just I mean, slapstick? Outside of slapstick stuff, did they take advantage of having a giant dog? A lot. I mean, there or? was soup. There were certain points that it was just like, okay, dogs chase balls, great. And in Central Park, they have those giant in, inflated balls that is basically like a human sized hamster ball. Yeah. Well, he's chasing a guy on that. Oh. And that was the that was the fun bit for Clifford there. Was that that was the big red dog thing was that he was chasing a person in a ball like it was a ball. Was and there any other redeemable moment in the movie? I mean, it was it wasn't bad, but I'm not rushing to see it again. Okay. I'm not like I'm if if you liked Clifford the big red dog growing up, then it doesn't really add to the experience. It doesn't really subtract from the experience either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch that they're in this neighborhood where everybody is fully supportive of a 10-foot golden retriever. Mm-hmm. It's red. That's red, yeah. And, I mean, he's destroying things just out of sheer size and everything, and nobody's really upset with him because he's also, like, Saving lives, you know, somebody's like falling off a roof and he catches them and stuff. And oh, yeah. being a, Oh, yeah, so he's heroing. Okay. Yeah, so he's heroing a bit. And that's the redemption for all of the destruction that he's causing just being a giant puppy. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. I just have to. But yeah. I'm glad you guys watched it for me to know. Yeah. You know, so. Because, well, there's things. Because, like, Peter Rabbit would, I mean... It Pete, doesn't have any of that. It's yeah. Peter Rabbit is fucking amazing. It's I bought Peter Rabbit too for Black Friday, um, just because I'm excited to see. It. I've been excited to see it for a minute. It was one of the movies delayed by the pandemic, but like Peter Rabbit is so fucking underrated for yeah. being hilarious. As a kids movie, it's pretty funny. It's you know, and that's kind of kind of the thing. The best kids movies are just as enjoyable for adults. Yep. 
you know? Yeah. So. This one was pure pandering. Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, no, that's a pass for me, at least. But yeah. I'm glad you watched it. Did the work for me. Yeah. And then most recently, we went and saw um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, the Ghostbusters sequel. Again. Pure sequel. Pure sequel. This was... This was a sequel to Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Okay, so if you were not a fan of the McKinnon, McCarthy, the wig outing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then don't worry about this one. You'll you'll enjoy this one. Cool. This is now if you enjoyed the first two Ghostbusters, yeah. you will definitely enjoy this one. Was it scary? Did they do scary parts in it? There were some there were some scary parts, not like super scary, but yeah. there was some scary in the execution of the joke. Yeah. Kind of like there was in the first Ghostbusters. Naturally. So like there's that because like honestly, if we're being honest, the librarian in the beginning of, of Ghostbusters is like pretty fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely it, right? fucking exactly. terrifying. So that's why I'm like, you know, in that conversion, does it, you know, work out for one? Two, um, I guess my next question there is someone who hasn't seen it and doesn't want spoilers and asking for any any listeners who might not have seen it yet. Is it, um, is the new cast of, you know, very specifically kids that are finding all this stuff, um, how does that hold up against, you know, um, a main cast of Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd? Well, the archetypes are there to make it just as satisfying. Yeah. Okay. So you like with the original Ghostbusters, you've got the guy that's there because it's a job. Yep. You've got the skeptic. Yep. You've got the guy that's just passionate about everything. Everything. Spiritual, and he, yeah. And then you've got the nerd, the yes. guy that's pulling the science in. Yes. You've got all that here. Yes. In these kids. So there's the kid that's just, you know, this is just something to do. I've got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. the kid that's just like, oh man, everything is awesome and this is super awesome and I'm yeah. in this because it's awesome and just so fucking cool. Okay. And then you've got the nerd kid that's like, well, this explains this, which explains this, which is how we're going to do this. Got it. Okay. So the archetypes are there and they play off each other very well. Good. Um, Paul Rudd was enjoyable in it as, you know, the sexiest man alive. Naturally. He was actually kind of a... People sexiest man alive twenty twenty one exactly for good reason yes and he was weird Al for Halloween which was spectacular yeah. anyway um so he was very good in it um he kind of played the Rick Moranis role did he okay that's funny cool um in that they weren't in a you know Manhattan high rise or anything but Got it. and they kind of connected it all very very well yeah. so. The premise of this is that, um, without any spoilers here, the main premise is that Egon's surviving family goes to his the house that he bought when he kind of fucked off from New York. And they find out that he didn't just fuck off from New York. He was pursuing something. And Oh, geez. So they are kind of picking up the torch that he dropped okay interesting that should be and no, that's that's I'm the down. kind of the premise there without spoiling anything mm-hmm. um i heard uh mckenna grace is absolutely phenomenal she's a, she's very girl. good and i'm gonna make sure i'm getting it right mckenna grace yeah yeah 
She's in like everything. She really she's... is now. She was in Handmaid's Tale in a totally adult role. She's in this, but they filmed this a minute ago. Yeah. A little while ago. Thank you, pandemic. Um, but then she was also in a bunch of she did some horror movies as well. Like Yeah, I first saw her in the movie she did with Chris Evans called Gifted. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um so she plays nerdy very, very well. But she also plays like sensitive very well. And mm-hmm. She's all around a good actress. Great actress, actually. Yeah. She, she sells every part she's in. Cool. Like you have no problem buying it. I think she's a bit typecast. Uh, and that she typically plays the nerdy, brainy type. Gotcha. Okay. So. That's cool, though. Yeah. That works. Yeah. So those are the. New theatrical releases that I've seen. Uh, Jake and I are going to go see Ghost by Ghostbusters Afterlife this week. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. I yeah. I enjoyed it. I will be picking this up. Okay. When it comes out. This okay. No, I'm down. Do you think? Uh, do you think watching the original Ghostbusters again is required watching if you don't remember them that well? Because I I think it's been a couple of years since I watched Ghostbusters. Required? No. Helpful. It would add. Okay. To the experience of it, to watch both of them. Okay, fair enough. Just because there's references made. One and two? Yes. Okay. Okay. There are references made in both, or in this movie, that go back to both. Oh, okay. So, I would recommend seeing both of them. Okay. Ooh, what's um, in the box? Let's open it. What's in the box? I just pulled a DVD case out One of my One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Hey, you brought it back. <laughs> yeah, I guess how many episodes I borrowed that. Like 50. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've had this movie for like yeah. two years. Have you and, watched it? Um, Yeah, on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we so glad I lent out my physical media. <laughs> Sorry. I just suddenly remembered That's that. Fine. Um, it's fine. So I had to put What'd it you think of it? Back. It was, no, yeah. Uh, one flew over the coat clues. That's what's great. Was yeah. yeah. I liked seeing really young Danny DeVito. Yeah. In that, because I was like, no fucking way is that him? And I'm looking it up, and yeah, it's him. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then seeing him, you know, young in that, and then old as fuck and always sunny in Philadelphia (laughs) is just such a contrast. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that he is, he's this age and going full ham on Frank Reynolds. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Basically. Good so. stuff. Are we splitting up like movies and then TV right now, or? Um, I can keep going. I was going through the theatrical releases, and then I was going to go through the uh, streaming okay. stuff, and then okay. into the shows. Okay, let's let's do like movies, movies, shows, shows. Okay, games, games. Okay, it'll continue. So, uh, well, yesterday was Black Friday, so I picked up a bunch of those. I'll go over those later. Okay. Uh, let's see. Movies, movies, movies. Watched a couple of movies on Netflix Ooh. that have been out for a minute, and I just watched them. Uh, the first of which is What Happened to Monday? I don't know if you've seen this, heard anything about no, this. No, no idea what that is. Okay, so this takes place in a post-apocalyptic, overpopulated world. Mm-hmm. where the governments of the world have all decided to pass the uh, Single Child Act. So oh, basically, okay, okay. everybody can only have 
one offspring. Got it. Because of overpopulation and issues with feeding everyone and all this. So they've enacted this policy of single child. Okay. Not allowed to have more than one. Okay. Well, right as this law passes, uh, a gentleman played by Willem Dafoe has his daughter die in childbirth while giving birth to seven identical siblings. Whoa. So this family of septuplets, they're all girls. He goes, okay, I'm going to hide this. And he gives them all the same name of Karen Setman, but he refers to them each by a day of the week. Okay. And says, as we... As we advance and go through and get into public, you will all, outside of this apartment, you will all be known as Karen Setman. What a clever fucking You're dentist. only able to leave this apartment on your day of the week. So if you go by Sunday, that's the day you can leave. Wow. If you go by Monday, that's the day. Holy Otherwise, shit. you spend your entire life in this apartment and Monday's only going out on Mondays, Tuesday's only going out on Tuesdays, and so on. That's insane. What a premise. So, Damn, that's cool. Cut to, they're all in their 30s. Okay. And Monday goes to work and doesn't return. So they're like, oh, shit. Oh. What do, what do we do? What oh. do we, what? What can happen? Because, I mean, they have this strictly regimented. Right. Where it's it, like, when you come back to the apartment at the end of your day, you're giving everyone a full briefing of what happened during your day. Right. So that there is a seamless transition. There's mm-hmm. no surprise. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Yeah. Because they have the to go experience to the same of job Kevin's, Karen Setman is the experience of Karen Setman. All seven of them. All seven of them. Damn, that's nuts. Okay. And considering that, like, some of them can do, and, and this is like spectacular to me. I was like, I wish this would happen for me because, holy shit, if I had six other people with my level of training, my level of expertise, mm-hmm. my level of knowledge and everything, mm-hmm. I could get so much shit done at work because they could be working on shit at home <laughs> while I'm working on shit at work. And then we all just kind of can congl- just, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, I only had to show up to work this one day, but we've gotten like a full week's worth of work done in like two days and I get to fuck off for the rest of the week. That's funny. Wow. So, and, but it's just this premise that's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And so the days pass Yeah, and they all start going out on their day as Karen Setman. Yeah. To try and find out what happened. And there it's just all going Fucking bonkers. Naturally. So, I and mean, the, how, how was the movie ultimately, though? Ultimately, it was think? a really good movie. Okay. Um, I think the major plot hole that I was struggling with was that these girls survive from birth to 30, and there is still a population. There's still an issue with population, and there's still an issue with food. Oh. So, it's like, okay, what, what are we really accomplishing here if 30 years have passed and there's still an overpopulation problem? You're not wrong. So that was a minor plot hole that I was kind of wrapping my brain around, but okay. But it was still a really enjoyable movie, yeah. and I thought the premise of it was so fucking cool. And um, the actress that plays Karen Setman, 
and thus all the days of the week. Yes. She was in the next movie that I watched as well, and I was just <laughs> like, huh, that's weird that I would find her in this movie as yes, well, which is another like, Netflix film Yeah, entitled Bright. Bright? Bright. Isn't that the one with Will Smith? That is the one with Will oh, Smith. Oh, okay. I started it. it. It seemed a little too ridiculous to me. I couldn't finish it. It was very, very interesting to me in that this was a world populated by fantasy characters, but it was a modern world. Yeah. So there are orcs yeah. living alongside humans and elves and fairies and dwarves and whatnot, and mm-hmm. we are following police, human police, mm-hmm. that are paired up with orc police, which is there's only one orc police officer. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plays into the social construct of, you know, racial injustice among the police. So this movie is really, really interesting in that a an elf appears with a magic wand. And this is a very, very rare occurrence. And to the point that anyone who touches a wand will explode from... Unless they are a bright. Oh. So there's only a certain amount of people that have this spark of magic that they're born with, and they are known as brights. Right. And only brights can touch a wand without exploding. So was I wrong to stop watching it? It's pretty good. Yeah? I I kind of enjoyed it. I would love to see a bright sequel. I would like to see more movies in this I think they've talked well. about it a decent amount. One of the things that sucks, well, here's the cool thing. Netflix owns the rights, so they could pay someone else to write it. But I'm 99% sure that the writer of Bright is uh, got outed as a complete and utter fucking piece of shit. Um, so, sequel, Bright, Samurai Soul. Now, that is an animated one that is also oh. on Netflix. Simu Lu is on it, and that's a big deal. Yes. I will take Simu Lu any place I can get him after the movie we watched. But, um, yeah, the the guy who, who wrote uh, this movie, written by Max Landis. Uh, I feel bad even re- reporting his name. Yeah, um, his career stalled in 2017 following accusations from several men of emotional and sexual abuse. So I was worried that um, he might not be. I was more worried that he... Uh, why I never responded to my public shaming, a public essay in which he, were, he a c- corrupt enterprise, and reject, rejected comparisons to Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein on the grounds that he was not a real celebrity. See, that's weird. Um, so the cool thing is that Netflix owns the rights. So you might get you might get a sequel. Perhaps. Hopefully they get, like, you know, a good thing. Because I know they were talking about Netflix Ordered a sequel and writing the script with okay, cool, cool, cool. So David Ayer is directing again. Okay. Um, and writing a script with someone new. So yeah, you could still get it. And, nice. Uh the production has been delayed, citing Smith's busy schedule. Yep. So there you go. So hopefully we still get one. It seems like everyone still wants to because it does sound like an incredibly cool premise. It's a very good it's a very cool premise. The story is engaging enough. It's it's it was fine. I would watch it again. I would buy it on DVD even though it's available on Netflix all mm-hmm. the time and I would oh, okay. Okay. I would You want more of it. 
Yeah. Got it. I'm here for it. I, I dug it. So not so bad. That's a little distressing about the writer not being involved anymore. I mean, I get why, but at the same time, it's like you wonder where the spirit's going to go. Right. But there's also no no way to tell for certain where um, the 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 production changed because movies change as things go. Movies get rewritten. There are lines. There are things. Right. There are general ideas that are changed in the go on. You know what I mean? Right. So there's no telling what he wrote that made it to the to what you saw. Right. You know. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me. So there's a lot of really talented writers out there that have darkness in them, mm-hmm. and there are people they have interacted with that have experienced that darkness. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that is a sufficient reason to keep the art from the rest of the world. Sure, I don't. I don't know how to really. Oh, we can talk about that on. Yeah, we can talk about that. Rich, yeah, because so, it's a good, it's a good idea. Right, it's to just talk about. Yeah, it's a hard thing. It is. It's difficult. Yes, it's tricky. Yes. So yeah. Hey, guess what was yesterday? Yesterday was Black Friday. It was. Black Friday is when I do my big movie shopping for the mm-hmm. year because mm-hmm. that's when a lot of movies are on sale, dirt cheap to yeah. stuff stockings or whatever. I guess. Yeah. Basically, a way for corporate America to get more of our money. Oh. And I'm here for it. It works. Okay. Anyway. So I picked up nine movies yesterday. Good. And one television season. Okay. Or series. I picked up the complete series of Quantum Leap for $10. I'm so fucking excited for that. Oh, I cannot good. wait it to go back and watch all of Quantum Leap. Sci-fi Touched by an Angel. Sounds great. I never watched Touched by an Angel, so I can't speak to the accuracy of oh, that. Oh, I got stuck watching uh, Touched by an Angel. Thanks to my grandma. But often I'd go over there. Was there angels in court where they were having to defend themselves, where the kid is touch showing on the doll where the angel touched them? <laughs> and the angel's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm here for spiritual guidance and to help them. I touched them as appropriate. I don't know. No, I'm just thinking in my mind just how like I could write this into a script <laughs> for a show. This is hilarious. I digress. Anyway. I mean, yeah, there's people getting touched by angels. There's angels in the outfield and the end zone. Yes. I mean, and I thought that guy was in a time machine the whole time, so I was confused <laughs> as a child, definitely figuring out what. Hey, but my grandma um, would also watch Golden Girls. Nice. And that was the important part. Yes. Anyways, continue. Yes. Thank you for being a friend. Anyway, so of the nine movies that I picked up, the ones that I have seen already, one, two, three, four. Nice. Four and a half. Okay. I'd say. Sure. So Jojo Rabbit. Yep. Uh, Classic. Wonder Woman 1984. Classic. Captain Marvel. Classic. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Ultra classic. And then the half would be Sound of Music. Yeah. Oh, that you've only seen the half of Sound of Music? I've seen the Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing of watching The Sound oh, of Music. Oh, okay. So you probably remember two things. The Sound of Music on the hill, right? Yeah. And then, um, doe, a deer, a female deer. Nope. Good night. Nope. And then laying on the stair. No, you don't remember the kids sleeping on the stair? No, her head I, down remember, on the, I remember. Their um, little, their, their little I remember. I remember Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer making out before the Nazis show up. 
Oh. That's it. I don't remember any of the songs. Yeah. I don't remember anything else about it other than the hills are alive with the sound of music and the helicopter shot and then them trying to flee before there, the Nazis show up. There's three things I remember about the sound of music. There's the going to bed song. There's her spinning on the hills, singing the sound of music. And there's the scene where Vin Diesel finds out that he's the kid that he's babysitting is not really a Nazi. They were like, why are we being Nazi? And he's like, no, I'm in the stage production of Sound of Music. And they're like, oh, okay, we don't have a problem here, especially since he's a special agent. All right. I'm starting to think that might have been the pacifier. Actually. That could have been the pacifier. That I don't is, know. Um, well, Wikipedia to see if Vin Diesel was in Sound of Music. Nice. Yes. So, the movies that I got that I haven't seen, have not seen, mm-hmm. Parasite. That was wonderful. The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And Jumanji, The Next Level. Next, now, next Level wasn't shabby. I picked up the first Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. I, I say the first Jumanji, not the Robin Williams Jumanji, but the yeah. first The Rock Dwayne Johnson Jumanji. I picked that one up on a Black Friday sale, mm-hmm. having not seen it. So I was just like, okay, we'll do this with this movie as well. And the same thing will happen with John Wick 4, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah, right, which is always Since all this, of the John Wicks purchases. have been picked up on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Jumanji in the Next Level and Nobody, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you about Nobody. Yeah. And how that, you know, that movie is that movie. Mm. I dropped in, I'm looking at Boon John Ho's list of um, list of movies. So, really quick, because I really wanted to see his, because I feel like there's one I'm not thinking of. Okay, yeah, so he did, he did, well, he wrote Snowpiercer, which was pretty good. Did you ever see Snowpiercer? I've not seen Snowpiercer. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things about, like, Boon John Ho. I'm trying to remember off the bat if... Um, Boon John Ho, if uh, um, if Parasite is technically safe for you to watch with Christy. Oh, I'm not gonna watch it with Christy. Okay, cool, perfect. Um, I don't think anything happens to the, to the family dog though. But like the cool thing about like and what I you should really like. Did you see Okja? No. Did you see the host? No. And you haven't seen Snowpiercer. No. Well, cool. So you get to start with his like his his basically his pinnacle because this one best film yeah. at the Oscars a couple years ago, and for good reason. Um, he makes some very good um social commentaries inside of um films that you don't know whether to make fun of them for being you know funny or you have a hard time like he's very good at inserting humor where things are awkward so basically just like you and me mm-hmm. um so it'll it'll definitely be i think you're gonna love it okay. i really think you're gonna love parasite um that being said uh i wouldn't watch Oakjaw if i were you Oakjaw is literally the last movie i would ever ever show christy okay because Oakjaw is a gigantic um Oakjaw is a gigantic like slaughterfest <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, they find like a rare animal and then they clone it and use it for their sustainable new meat. And then that, that 
that Okjaw gets kidnapped and sent to the factory and this little girl's trying to save it before it's all right and the these creatures are also oddly sentient oh okay and that makes it that much worse so it's a really really weird um it's a really weird point of view and it looks like a nice movie from the outside but i just remember all i see when i'm looking at that picture was just like all i remember is how fucking depressed i was after okay. watching Oakjaw. and i'm not usually depressed after watching those movies the host is really fucking cool okay um, and then the parasite of course so yeah i'm looking forward to parasite i i was kind of on the fence about um korean popular culture mm-hmm. for a bit mm-hmm. and then um squid game and k-pop kind of turned me to mm-hmm. where i'm like i really need to check out more korean art absolutely so they're they're on their a game so um parasite's going to be my first jump into the oh yeah theatrical films i'm excited for that of korea and then did you get digital to, codes for a lot of these i sure did okay so of these nine movies, all nine of them are now in my voodoo. Fuck yeah, I don't have to worry about buying them now. Yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah, so now you can watch Jojo Rabbit over and over and over again. Should you wish. Should I wish. I'm honestly, I would probably watch Nobody before I watch Jojo Rabbit again. Okay. I'm just interested so. to see Green Knight. Green. I meant to watch it in the theater. I meant to see it and it just... Mm-hmm came and went so quickly that I'm just kind of like all right I it really that. did well they weren't initially going to release it they like they delayed it first and then they were like okay we're putting it in theaters right before another surge of fucking covid right where in the UK they had their big surge and they shut it down but UK was going to be their main crowd for that so they didn't and then they released it like quietly on digitally and theaters for some reason right so like just a little bit after that, so it became a really confusing like release for for the Green Knight, but it looks right. good too. I'm excited to see that as well. Nice. So yeah, cool. That does it for me for movies. Okay. Where are you at? Well, let's talk about nobody for a split second. Okay. okay. Because I'm just like let me let me tell. So like yes, you should watch Parasite. Here's the deal. Like it's it's. I think I think nobody is more gruesome than John Wick. Okay. So. Um, I get the I get the feeling that it will be just based off of Bob Odenkirk. Yes. It's really cool to see him in an action role as well because he hasn't done things like that before. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he he was talking about it like um finding a coming home to a home invasion. I guess this had happened to him and he felt kind of powerless. Uh-huh. And so he went as a way of processing, he hit. He went and wrote and starred in nobody. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this this. I could I could see having a home invasion happen, not being able to do anything about it, and then going and writing this movie. I totally could. Okay. And like the things you wish you could have done to these people. Right. I mean, there there is. I'm just you know like I'm just gonna like just a little tidbit just to maybe entice the viewers at home. If you like the br- bloody brutal stuff, you know what I mean. I felt like this was. Mm, on par with not gratuitously but at least in its moments we're on par with quentin tarantino okay goriness and stuff especially when he um stabs a guy in the right above his knee with a knife before he's pulled back and then he elbows off the guys launches forward picks up his leg and drives his whole foot into the knife, pushing it through the leg. Jesus. And out the back. 
Oh man. <laughs> that I was like, oh, this is what we're here for. <laughs> okay. This is what we're here for. Okay, so this like, is okay. This is more gore than tactic. It's a little bit of tactic too. Oh well, yeah, but, but I mean, John Wick is more tactic than gore. Oh yeah, yeah. it's no, got you're both. Right, you're right, exactly. But it's more, it's heavier on the tactic than it is, it is. the gore. And it's this really weird long draw before you get to see him do anything. Like I think it's a solid half hour of the movie before, but it's kind of like that. Really, they purposely have a really slow grind to that moment, right? Which is really cool. Okay, so I'm excited for it. Awesome. I'm really excited to watch it. Yep. Didn't so. Didn't you watch Shang Chi too? I have not watched Shang-Chi yet. You haven't watched Shang-Chi yet? Not yet. God. It's, I guess we'll... I'll, I'll stop recording and we'll come back a, when you've watched Shang-Chi. It, has been, we'll a bit of a, it has been a bit of a struggle to get the wife on board with Marvel films. Which makes sense because they're all, you know... And um, I was surprised that she was on board for Eternals. Okay. And I was pleased that she was on board for Eternals. Well... But if, it's not, if we're not seeing it in a theater, she's not watching it. Oh, well, here's my question to you is, well, uh, does Harry Styles have to be in a Marvel movie for us to get her to see it? Harry Styles is in a Marvel movie? Yeah. Did you stay after the credits of Eternals? I did. Oh, that was Harry Styles? (laughs) Yes. You can see how familiar I am with Harry Styles. (laughs) And how familiar my wife is with Harry Styles and that she did not bring that up immediately. And I was like, who is that guy? And she's like, I have no idea. Oh, okay. He's a handsome guy. Okay. Did you talk about, like, you know who Eros is, though, right? Yeah. Okay, well, then that works. No, it's a bit, he's from fucking One Direction. He's the most popular, do you guys listen to Watermelon Sugar? Ha ha, Watermelon Sugar. He's, anyways, he's the only successful one left from One Direction, and he's doing his own shit now. Cool. He's, he is cool. It was really weird to see him in Eternals. What's One Direction? Um, <laughs> all right. Did you see Pip the Troll? Pip the Troll? I, I enjoyed Pip. do you know Pip. who fucking voiced Pip the Troll? Uh, uh, Did yes. you recognize him? Yes. Okay. There were I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Pip the okay. Troll. That's exactly. All right. So anyways, moving on to what I watched. Because I watched Shang-Chi when it became available on Disney Plus Day. Yes. Um, The wait was totally worth it. Nice. Because it was very, very good. Um, It was not a flawless movie. And there were some points at the end of the movie where it was just kind of like a, okay, this is just going to be like beat by beat B story film for the rest of the movie, you know, whatever. But it was also an oddly, you know, compelling villain. And the style of it is, you know, there was a point in time that I just found Aquafina, the um, Asian rapper actress, to be just kind of annoying because she had very one note roles. And um, by golly, does she make this movie? Really? You will never listen to Hotel California the same after watching Shang-Chi and in a good way. Okay, you have just provided two selling points that really, really make me hesitant about watching this movie. Why? Because I hate Hotel California. Okay. I hate that song with a okay. fiery passion of a thousand suns. Okay. Aquafina is near there with my hatred of her because really? she plays such one note, borderline annoying characters. Okay. So I have never enjoyed when she's on screen. See, and that's the thing. That's what I was talking about. But mm. that was that was my premise with her, right? That's what I what I. Uh, what I started with when, right. when I'm like, I wasn't a huge fan of her. Right. 
until this movie because she is definitely not accessory. That's the best part about her. She's really not accessory. They let her fucking do things in this movie. Okay, I will give her a chance. Really, 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 really cool. I will give her Um, a chance based on that. And she's funny as hell. But then, of course, there's Simu Liu. Okay. Um, he's one hot man and it's really cool to see, like, he's kind of an underdog. Um, when you look at it, this is his first like big film role. (laughs) They did not pick a relatively known actor to come and knock this out of the park. They picked the right guy for it. Good. And he auditioned. Um, he's, it's a really cool, like look into kind of like Asian culture as well in the way that they have, um, their American identity versus their Asian identity in the way that, you know, like they might be detached from some of it, but really wish they could still get into it. And Uh then also have their darker aspects as characters as well, because what I really like about him and there are some characters that, you know, are pretty flawless in the things where they've not really done a lot of things wrong. They might've been foolish, but they haven't done wrong things. Mm -hmm. But Simu Liu is like the, he's, you know, and Shang-Chi is like the new Iron Man. Okay. In a really cool way of maybe not spearheading the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, um, but at least in being a character that has made mistakes he's not proud of. Right. But is willing to do the right thing. Right. Because he's learned from his mistakes and he knows he has to fix things. Okay. Um. So very, very clever, very, very good. And holy shit, the action, dude. Yeah, there's one um, when the trailer came out, there's um, a shot where at one point he'll be finding a ninja and they're fighting over a knife. And he's like he slaps it out of his out of the guy's hand and it's like flying, flipping through the air and he reaches out and he catches it. Neat. Not CGI. Nice. On Twitter, he clarified it was like 43 takes. I'm sure to get it. Yeah. And it was fucking, oh my God, the action is so good. Did as many of his own stunts as he could. I immediately watched that after the um, the behind the scenes after okay. I watched the movie because I needed to know more about it. I can't wait to watch it again. Nice. Um, Then, um, I only said that, you know, because it's really like a um, streamer movie, but I mean, um, it doesn't really matter because other movies are streaming now anyways. They're, the movies are coming out very quickly, like Last Night in Soho. Yes. Which hasn't been out for very long. No, it has not. Um, I agree with you. It was very good. It was very, um, I liked it. It wasn't clear the entire time. It was definitely a thriller and um, still was kind of able to predict towards the end what happened. Right. Um, Before we got to then kind of started to put two and two together um, just because it's, it's hard to suspend belief sometimes, but um, being that it is the first thriller, Last Night in Soho is is the first thriller that that Edgar Wright has done. I f- I'm very impressed. Um, and he still you still see the Edgar Wright style in there. Um, with the music, right? He did the he did some very he's always had music inspired um moments in his movies, right? Um. He really likes to to inspire moments in his movies with music, and he's done very good. Um, I didn't think he'd be able to do it in this one, right. but he did, and it's awesome. Yeah. I appreciated that he was able to get the uh, originals from certain popular songs. Yes. yes like, yes, yes. and I mean, just subtle side note here. I was on Reddit, and one of the Ask Reddit threads was, uh, what song did you not realize was a cover? Or what popular song did you not realize was a cover? 
And there was a bunch of people in this thread that just showing my age here were like, I didn't realize that Johnny Cash didn't write Hurt. That was originally by Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ow. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm old. But there were several songs that were brought up that he were covers of 60s mm-hmm. soul singers. Mm-hmm. And Edgar Wright used a lot of those in Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. To excellent effect. It was great. That's I enjoyed true. it. Yeah. Nope, it was very good. And he's very good with the way he does music. Um, you'll see when you watch Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver. Baby Driver hits it very on the nose with the music, though. That's very like, they're literally firing the guns in tempo. Right. In Baby Driver. So that one's very more on the nose. Um, the other movies I'm realizing now are not as on point, but, you know, it's, it changes and it's, you know, good. So we watch that. We also watched Free Guy. Yes. Did you see Free Guy? I did see did Free Guy. Did we talk about Free Guy? I saw Free Guy in the theater and I I spoke of it. Probably briefly, briefly because we can't go into, you know, we don't want spoil spoilers things. or anything. So we just talk about how good they are and why you should watch them on yeah. the show. But we never go into like the spoilers and stuff. But like, um, what'd you think? It's oh, Free Guy was way better than I thought it was. It would be. Um, you can see exactly where they did reshoots when Disney purchased it. <laughs> right. For that amazing epic moment at the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. I thought, you know, made it made it pretty worth. Um, so I didn't expect the movie to be as endearing as it was. I really was worried it was going to be <clears throat> a pass off. Just another video game movie. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so when I saw that, all I saw in the title was just another video game movie. Right. Where we can't do the video game stuff. Yep. So, um, but they did do video game stuff, which was very clever. Um, original things as well as, you know, the things that they were doing in the back. There was lots of Halo stuff in the background. Um, yeah. As long as, you know, as well as other things, you know, their um, off-brand, their off-brand portal gun that they used. Right. Things like that. Um. So, and then, of course, Ryan Reynolds being Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, who was hilarious always yeah never is he not so um sarah really wanted to see free guy and we couldn't figure out what what to watch and i was like wait a minute you've wanted to see free guy for a minute she's like yeah i'm like okay we're gonna sit down and watch free guy and we did and it was 100 percent worth it i can't wait for the sequel free girl to come out nice because i think that's the most logical step in the pathway and maybe more video game licensing because the movie is successful yeah so which is like the thing that um, uh, the second Wreck-It Ralph was supposed to have a direct. Um, he was supposed to be kicking it with Mario. They were really pushing for that. Really? Yeah, but that was in the general concept. Then they must have pushed off it. Nintendo was probably like, mm, no, 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 you you don't. Mario doesn't do movies with Disney. Disney does movies with Mario. And they were like, well, we're Disney. And they're like, fine, we'll go to Sony Illumination, make a Mario movie. And they are, so. Right. <laughs> Which is a cool thing. You were asking in the episode of um, When Daniel Met Rich, while we're on the subject, um, about like, oh, they're making a, like a Donkey Kong movie too? Yes, they are. They said they have a Donkey Kong movie um, in the works after Mario's finished, starring Seth Rogen. Nice. So I'm assuming we're getting a Donkey Kong Country movie after the Mario movie. Chances are. I'm down for. Seth Rogen is clearly capable as a, as a leading man. Yeah. And Donkey Kong is the fucking shit, so. Especially yeah. country. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. Right. I couldn't get into country, but it's the one of the first scripts I wrote was for a Star Fox movie. Nice. Which I think there's a lot of potential in these movies. I don't know why they don't do it. Just fill it out. I think there's more potential in a Star Fox than there is in Donkey Kong. But yes. then again, I also played the cabinet Donkey Kong. 
Oh like, yeah, fucking I can see crazy. That too. Well, that's so. the, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Um, with with the movies and the way they do these things, and yes, you would see more potential in like you know a Star Fox movie, but the Mario movie and the Donkey Kong movie have to you know walk for a Star Fox movie to fly, right? Kind of thing because Star Fox is not a immensely popular IP, unfortunately. No, it's not. Um, so for that reason, um, and there would be God, it would make such a fucking good movie if they did like mocap for you know like you know those characters and stuff but it would be more of like a it would need to be more of like a dreamworks or like wb like avatar made movie star fox would have to be as opposed to and you say like i could see a star fox movie before i could see a donkey kong country movie but when we add that like illumination who makes minions and right. stuff like that is going to do a comedy oriented mario and donkey kong movie then it becomes a much more feasible idea yeah basically right so i think it's really who's behind it for it to become feasible right but you're not wrong yeah um yeah i think that's all the movies i watched didn't watch a lot of movies because i spent so much time playing pokemon you sure did yeah um but tv 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 shows tv shows well last time we spoke i showed you the trailer for he-man and the masters of the universe revelation part two part two did you binge it? I sure did. You watched all that fucking shit while you oh made these Legos? Oh, my God. I was just like, that That trailer had me, like, drooling. Yeah. For part two, I was like, this is coming. This is coming. This is going to be and good. I'm going to watch the whole fucking it, thing over again. Was it's going to be good. fucking dope. It was pretty dope. I was into it. I, I dug it. Um, Now, I'm probably the only one. Okay. That dug it. Um, Because you enjoy your things. Right. Unlike and, other people who don't know how to enjoy things. Well, and everybody has their notion of what He-Man should be mm-hmm. and what they should enjoy in He-Man and then thus what others should enjoy in He-Man. And it's like, no, this doesn't, no, calm down. Calm your tits, honey. This mm-hmm. is going to be fine. Yeah. And so it was, it was highly mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, Seeing where they went from where they left off with part one, because part one, I mean, minor spoilers, but let's face it, if you haven't watched it by now, you're probably not gonna. In part one, they kill He-Man like episode one. Oh, they straight Optimus Transformers movie him. Yeah, they straight just fucking off him. Mm. And then the rest of the series is about what happens as a result of this. Mm-hmm. And so part one ends with them attempting to resurrect Mm He-Man and instead empower Skeletor to become Skelegod. Oh. So part two starts with, all right, Prince Adam just got a sword in his chest again. (laughs) Skeletor now has the power. And so... They delve into Tila quite a bit in the Revelations series. Okay. It's it's mainly the female empowerment, which was cool. Okay. Um, Who the fuck's Tila? Tila is the um, daughter of Man at Arms and the sorceress of Castle Grayskull. That explains nothing. Right. Okay. <laughs> but continue. If you're not familiar with the IP, <laughs> a lot of these names are going to mean nothing to you. So I should let you finish. So, yes. Okay. She... She heals Prince Adam, who is the alter ego of He-Man. Okay. And He-Man, or 
Prince Adam. He-Man has an alter ego? Yes. So, okay. Yes. Yes. All right. The show, the show, the old show. This is the one that Kevin Smith is making, right? Kevin Smith wrote He's this, like yes. the showrunner, yeah. Yes, okay. he's the showrunner. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Continue. Now, the original show mm-hmm. from the 80s started yeah. with Adam going, I'm Adam, Prince of Eternia and Keeper of the Secrets of Castle Grayskull. Phenomenal powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my trusty sword and said the words, by the power of Grayskull. I have the power! And then he has turned it from this prince with a prince valiant fucking hairdo. Okay, he's got the bangs and he's got the fucking bob at his at right at the end of his head. And that that haircut doesn't go away when he becomes He-Man, by the way. It just becomes more blonde and he becomes more tan. So he becomes intelligent. Yeah, nothing really changes. Okay. Now, in future iterations of He-Man... There is a there is a significant difference between Prince Adam and He Man. Okay. In that Prince Adam is typically a teenager. Uh-huh. He's very slight of build. Mm-hmm. He's got a very different haircut. And then when he becomes He Man, he gets more of a mullet. He becomes like double, sometimes even triple the size. Very muscle bound, very big guy with the sword and everything, and just basically becomes Conan the Barbarian, mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can kind of appreciate the newer iterations than the older ones. Got it. Okay. Because the older ones, there really wasn't much of a difference. There why? was a difference of tan and outfit, and that was about it. Why are other people not happy with this? Because you said you sound like you're the only one who enjoyed it. Is that true? Uh, well, other people, from what I've seen and read online, wanted more He-Man. Mm-hmm. They wanted more of this epic battle between He-Man and Skeletor. They really wanted more of this world where magic and technology exist simultaneously and symbiotically, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. And they just wanted more of that basic conflict. I don't think he brought that in part one. I think he brought more of that in part two. But I think the fans were already turned off by part one. Oh, okay. So they just came back to shit on it some more, I guess. And if they came back, they didn't give it a fair shake. They came back just to shit on it. Yeah, which people do, unfortunately. Now, I could be wrong on this because I watched part two, but I avoided the comments. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to delve into this. I enjoyed this enough as it is. I don't need to. Okay. I don't need to see where I was right or wrong or Uh anything like that. Yeah. So I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the shit out of it as a He-Man fan. I was like, I like the direction he went. I like where he took the story. I especially liked how part two started. Because part two started with proto-He-Man. Right. Which was just Adam going, um, the sword is just a conduit. The spark exists in the person. And he raises his hand without a sword and says, by the power of Grayskull, and becomes basically the Incredible Hulk. He just hulks the fuck out. No intelligence, no reasoning, just pure fucking power and pummeling. See, this sounds very cool in the way that they need to. Now, in a way, that's almost like copying Thor Ragnarok a little bit, right? With all like power, but I doubt that's the first time that's been used in in popular media, first of all. Um, And the second thing is to... 
really inspire other people that need to know that, that like everyone has a power to change, make their own decisions. Everyone has mm-hmm. the power to change it and put in the effort and do things. Um, that being said, like it's it, like I'm happy for you as like mm-hmm. someone who like grew up with He Man and you fucking get to see like these crazy, you know, uh, alterations to the story or con- c- continuity of the story in the way that like you know. Um, that it's working out and it's actually cool. They're doing things that you wanted to see. Maybe, maybe, and that's the thing. When you say a lot of people weren't happy with this He-Man stuff, but you're over here and you're like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to He-Man <laughs> since it got made, right? It's, it's pretty freaking cool. Now, and that's the thing that sucks because fans, there's a lot of negative fans on there. They're the people who are glued to their phones and can't leave it to talk about it for an hour on a podcast. You know what I mean? Right. And don't have friends to talk to about it that can't really get in a room and, and talk about the positive aspects over things they might not like. And it's really exciting to me that you enjoy it because it seems to be that across the board, fans either, you know, they're going to complain there's too much fan service. And then when they get fan service, they complain that there's not enough original uh, originality. Right. Right. Um, and it, it's just this dumb mob mentality, unfortunately, that sometimes I wonder if people even think for themselves at all when it comes to opinions on this outside of seeing something and then not knowing or being mad at it. Right. Right. So like I know my opinion of The Last Jedi because the way I felt when I walked out of the theater, I didn't look at anything else. Right. You know, up to that point. And then how I how I feel about the, you know, for instance, Star Wars sequels is, you know, unfortunately something that got messed up. But it feels like this has been taken into such consideration by Kevin Smith that he's actually made something that, you know, he always wanted to see as a He-Man fan and he gave that to you and you're getting to experience that. And that's why it's ultimately just a big fat success. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I'm, I get the impression that the haters online are like three people that just made all these alt accounts and are just spamming the same thing, mainly to, Mainly to chastise Kevin Smith, just to be like, you can't make anything good, you piece of shit. Yeah. Thing. So I get that impression that that's what's going on here, and that's why I kind of avoided the comments because I was just yeah. like, I don't need to read it. I exactly. enjoyed it. I enjoyed. It would not have with. gotten a second I'm season if people weren't fucking watching it. Yeah. It would not have gotten a second season if people weren't watching it, especially yeah. on Netflix. Netflix gives no shits about fin- like canceling right. a show. They could give a shit about where your story is at when you're watching it. Yeah. They will cancel that shit. And like all these all these people saying, oh, it's not true to the original He-Man and that's why I'm pissed about I'm like, the original He-Man was just morality plays shoehorned into a toy commercial. Yep. That's all it ever was. That's all it ever was. And there, people are assigning this value to it, and it's like, I don't know what cartoon you watched, but yeah, I'm willing to face it. This is what I saw. This I'm going to look happened. at your history from like your Reddit history from 15 years ago. Was, um, yeah. was this? I didn't like Transformers the movie because it wasn't a cartoon. Right. <laughs> it's not what I remember. Yeah. Go back and watch what you remember. It's yeah, probably horseshit. You can't it's watch it. Stupid. It's unwatchable. Yeah. What else you watch? It's not great. So, um, there's a fun little Marvel series that came to Disney Plus entitled "What If." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that one. Probably should. Holy shit! Yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched the whole thing. I watched thing. the zombies episode because I was interested in that, but I haven't been, you know, like nailed that. I was trying to finish other shows. Before I yeah, started but. I, I started there because 
when I was reading Marvel comics, mm-hmm. if I wasn't reading X-Men, I was reading What If. Nice. I enjoyed the What If stories. Like they would take these situations that heroes had been in and just kind of turn them. Yeah. And so I always really, really enjoyed the What Ifs. So I watched this series. And one thing they did in this that I didn't, didn't anticipate they were doing, but I was kind of happy they did, is that they kept it all in the same reality. Okay. So every reality that changed mm-hmm. was in this same alternate universe. Nice. So the Watcher, Uatu, yeah. is hosting each one, and he's like, what if this? And he is only to watch it. Yeah. He doesn't. He can't influence any way any particular way it's just what if and then he watches what happens and shares it with us yeah so this series was really fucking good in that they kept it all in the same universe yeah and it was some of the stories that they asked and the direction they took it was really really powerful cool and that one of them was what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Right. And this episode, they basically, Christine was in the car with him. Oh. And he was perfectly fine, but she died. Yeah. So he goes and finds the Sorcerer Supreme, trains, gets the Eye of Agamotto, and is trying to reverse time to bring her back over and over and over and he just gets to watch her die a thousand different ways, a thousand different times. And it never works. And he is eventually driven to madness in this. And the way it's executed and the way it's told is just super compelling and really, really fucking good. So I enjoyed the shit out of watching this. But then seeing that Doctor Strange later, when they do What If... Ultron won. Oh. And when they do what what if Ultron won, it's like holy fuck. Okay. That's interesting. Which I liked I liked Age of Ultron quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like Age of Ultron. So that actually sounds like something I should I should go watch. You should watch this from beginning to end. Okay. So that you can get the full line up by the time it gets to the end okay sounds good to me so i haven't even i mean i gave you a lot of detail on the doctor strange one but didn't even spoil it because that episode just goes so fucking left that it's like holy shit okay cool yeah what else you watch um well i started cowboy bebop yes the original animated one and the live action. Oh, okay. I'll... I had never seen the a- animated one before, so okay. I got about midway through season one. Nice. And then the live action one dropped, so I checked it out. Okay. And I watched the first episode of that. What's your impressions on the first? Um, what's your impressions of both? Maybe not comparing. In okay. a non-comparison sense, I'm really enjoying both of them. Mm-hmm. In a comparative sense. I'm really enjoying both of them. Mm-hmm. I think that the first episodes are very, very 
similar to each other yeah. and very complementary of each other. Yeah. And that the story is just different enough to make it entertaining mm-hmm. for both. Mm-hmm. So. Because you can't one to one. No, you can't ratio with these things because no. it's live action. They don't have that much money. We're lucky we're getting what we get that right. looks as good as it does. You know? Yes. It's a big deal. Yeah. The performances are spot on. Yes. The um and better. And better, yeah. Um I enjoy Faye Valentine mm-hmm. as the anime character for the fan service that she provides and the extra plot point. Yes. But I also enjoy the live action one for the wit and the how expansion ma- of that character. How many episodes are you into the live action? One. I only watched the first one. Okay. That's my initial impression. Okay. Now, I know that you've probably watched all of them. Oh, I watched all of it. Yeah. Yeah. What are your impressions? Like 24 hours. Um, well, that's the thing. Uh, it's it's a little rough. It's, a, it's rougher for me um, in the way that I'm going to find ways to talk about this without spoiling it. And I might spoil just the smallest amount when I talk about it. Um, just because I want to make my point here now, because I don't know if we're going to get a chance to talk about key cowboy bebop, you know, relevantly later, other than you telling me you did enjoy the rest when you get around to watching it. Right. Um, I've already said on the show, I'm like, I've been super excited for cowboy bebop. Yep. It finally got here and I watched it. I did enjoy most of it. I felt a little empty for some parts because there's um watching the anime I almost wish I watched the live action before I watched the anime because I don't think at least in the first season that the that, that this cowboy bebop that the live action um is as good or captures truly captures the spirit now the reason I say that well I okay see it's hard I don't want to say that they don't capture the spirit I want to say that uh, they mess up the spirit in a couple of places that for the reason for me saying that is that like the show has always been wacky and mm-hmm. wonky. The anime has always been wacky, wonky, etc. Which is fine. The live action show takes that wacky, wonky and takes it further than the original show ever did, which I consider a big fat fucking risk if you don't pull it off. Okay. Um, that being said, they, I don't think they do. And basically it's when they, uh, when they get away from the core material, basically Mm -hmm. too far away from it and try to develop it in a way that they're having their own ideas. It seems like the showrunners should not have put in their own ideas. And I'm talking like cringe worthy writing with characters that were never there. Um, on multiple facets and in absurd ways. So when the show is basically staying true to itself, and I'm not saying staying true to the core material, they made quality of life changes that is necessary because they want to make multiple seasons and they want these characters to have arcs. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I like the way they did that. There's a big, fat, fucking controversial ending um, change to the end of the first season okay. from the original ending which is a longevity thing. They want to develop characters and change the characters, and it feels a little weird, but at the same time, I'm also over here just kind of like, 
Well, if you want to, I guess you can, but um, the the writing plot holes itself sometimes. Um, but that being said, we don't know what their recording was like, um, or shooting it was like. We don't know what they what producer said they couldn't couldn't do. Um, so here's the deal: aesthetically, looks great and it's fine. The people that were like, "This is the most frustrating part." There were people out there who were like, "Man, this looks like it's going to be horseshit garbage," and I'm like, "How do you garner that?" from this intro that looks exactly like the original. How do you garner that from this attitude and feel and characters that act just like the original, you know? Mm -hmm. So all the early impressions that said, this looks like horseshit garbage. I think those people were just full of shit and trying to be negative because there was nothing that, you know, led us onto that. Unfortunately, watching it, there were segments that I would watch Full Metal Alchemist all over again if they promised never to do those fucking kinds of things in the show for the rest of its existence. Okay. Because that's how much it took me out of Cowboy Bebop. There are ways, there's so many cute character moments that they replaced in the live action show. A lot of soul, a lot of hilarity, a lot of world-building moments that they could have had in the live-action show that they replaced with original with new characters that they wrote for the show that make me want to fucking throw up thinking about and those sections of things. And absurd to the point, this is the worst part. We talk about watching, you know, some of these dorky moments of poor production value in, say, like the Full Metal Alchemist movie, right? Mm-hmm. these are things that they actually had to put thought into and could have avoided doing because you're getting paid to write it so you can make it however you want. You don't have to worry about having enough mo- money to be able to pull off CG moments, for instance, right? And right. I, I, I'm sorry if this is just a, a, a stretch or if I'm grasping at straws to make this comparison, but they had power. Th- these writers had the power to make sure they didn't do dumb fucking things. And they still did them fucking things, which really disappointed me. So. Okay. So. I think the, <laughs> well, maybe they didn't think it was dumb. And that's kind of their fault. I mean, watching a bad guy say, you you, uh, you haven't um, tasted uh, revenge until you've um, eaten the testicles of a man who's betrayed you. And watching him eat said testicle is a pretty big. Yeah, that's a that's a hard fucking swing to really sell. Um, yeah, as someone who's watched half of Cowboy Bebop, tell me that's in the spirit of Cowboy Bebop. Nah, that's that's a bit. Yeah, it's too far out there. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks. These are these are people who wanted to adapt it but don't have the spirit to um write their own special. Yeah cowboy bebop but anyways that being said i'm not saying it's not worth it i definitely want everyone to go watch it because it was it was better than it was bad i'm here being overly you know overly critical of Mm -hmm. it because i want more of it i want them to do right by it so that we can get plenty of it Mm -hmm. so that the world building that they did do and i did enjoy gets to actually come through instead of a fucking cliffhanger season because no one wants to watch it because of how fucking dumb it is and netflix goes of course we're not renewing it for a second season and that's what i expect showrunners to do that is their responsibility to me as a fucking fan Mm -hmm. 
not that they owe me a fucking thing. Let's be clear here. They don't owe me a fucking thing. But if they they probably adapt it because they want to make the fans happy, for one, that's part of the thing, is you do it because you want more of it and you want more people to enjoy it. Right. And you want them to have that. So when you put in dumb fucking things that make it, you know, make the longe- that threaten the longevity of it and waste my time, that's where I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys need to step away. From, I want who, whoever thought of that that fucking villain that eats testicles. I want them to turn in their resignation right Just now. Just back away. Just because back away. they're they're threatening the revival and longevity of the live action Cowboy Bebop. Right. Which I want to see more John Cho as Spike. Yeah. It's amazing. I especially want to see more Danielle Panetta as Faye Valentine. You said you liked Faye Valentine in the first episode. You don't know shit yet, and that's the best part. You say. Um, you were talking about like the fan service suffer. That's the best part. And this is a minor spoiler for anyone who's like on the rocks about it, you know, especially when I talk about it. Yes, there are dumb parts. The rest of it is fucking awesome, though. The character moments, you know, the way mm-hmm. they treat each other. There's definitely chemistry there. But Faye Valentine, who definitely was one note fan service uh, booby eye candy in the fucking show um, for any episode that didn't wasn't revolving around her. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of an episode, she's looking at. Uh, uh, um, playgirls and playboys mm-hmm. and she says you know life is a fucking buffet and I haven't been eating and I think I'm going to change that right and that was the coolest message to all the fanboys who said she's not dressed slutty enough <laughs> who said she's not dressed like she was in the dumb fucking anime guess what boys you're not fucking her mm-hmm. she's fucking you Yep. plain nice. and simple She's nice. taking control of her sexuality and who she fucks and how she wants to do it. So, uh, deal. <laughs> Shit like that, I fucking adore about nice. this adaptation and the things they're going to do. Cool. So. Good deal. I'm into it. Yeah. I will finish. And eventually. yeah, I think you should absolutely finish. I yeah. absolutely think people should watch it and continue to be critical of the rough fucking moments in this yeah. show. The action is spe- spectacular, too. Nice. There you have it. All right. Yes. Uh, animated shows that I've been watching have released new seasons. So Big Mouth and F is for Family. I've been catching up on those. Yeah, that's more the same. Just yeah. kind of um, went back to Haunting of Hill House recently. So we are seven episodes deep in it, and it's fine. It's fun. We'll see mm-hmm. where it goes from here. Haven't seen that jump scare yet. I don't think. In what Haunting of Hill House. Okay, yeah, no, it's towards the end, so. Okay, yeah. Um, Disney Plus has this Behind the Attraction, which is kind of just a series We've of. We've watched a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting, it super is. cool. I'm into it. I just, like, I watch it, I'm like, fuck, I want to be an Imagineer. I could, like, there's all yeah. these cool things, and they're like, yeah, and we, we pick out the best of the best engineers. And I'm like, oh, geez, Imagineer, engin- okay, I get it now, I need a degree in engineering. Yes. Fuck me, I guess. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, Dexter, New Blood. Yes. New series of I, Dexter. I literally just got a Black Friday deal on Stars two months for a buck. Nice. So I will get to watch all of it when it finish, finishes and cancel it because I don't care about Stars. <laughs> right. But I haven't started it yet. It's more Dexter. Okay. It's not. Is anything. it more good first half of Dexter or more bad second half of Dexter? It's more good half. I mean, there's which makes sense. I mean, it's it's more of the same, and the last half of Dexter kind of went off 
the rails a bit, mm-hmm. and that's what turned fans off. I think they're like, okay, we're going to learn from this and not do this shit again. Yeah. And I enjoyed Dexter from beginning to end. I enjoyed how it ended. I didn't feel the need for a redemption arc or more of this or anything. But the direction they are going, I'm not disappointed. Okay. So there's that. That's what I've heard from my in-laws, too. They said it was fucking... It's, yeah. The shit you like like about Dexter, right there for you. Perfect. So there you go. Um, There is a new series on that same on showtime as well mm-hmm. called yellow jackets I, I saw a review for that on ign.com what's it's what's the premise the premise of this is that um a high school soccer girls soccer team mm-hmm. is on their way to a national championship yeah when the plane crashes okay and they are left to their own devices for 19 months before they are found. And so it is showing the repercussions of that 19-month gap Oh, as they are adults. So we're seeing them as adults, and it keeps flashing back to them in high school and what they were going through then. Interesting. Excellent cast. Were there, were there polar bears on the island they crashed on? The thing is, I don't think they crashed on an island. Is one of the girls named Evangeline Lilly? No. Okay. Played no. by Evangeline Lilly? No. Okay. No, I Continue. said there was stars on this show. Okay. I said this was good performances. So <laughs> She's going to slap you one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll do it genuinely because she can't act like she's doing it's, it. Oh, my God. Continue. <laughs> so um, Juliette Lewis is in it. Um, Christina Ricci's in it. Uh-huh. Very good performances. I'm interested in where it's going. There's like three episodes released so far. They're doing this. We're going to release one a week, which tells me that eventually it is not going to be very good. Okay. Sucks. Because they're releasing it one episode mm-hmm. per week. Mm-hmm. However, they're doing the same thing with Dexter. So I remain optimistic. It might be a stars thing more than more than anything. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. retaining subscribers right. instead of losing them every time you 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 know have right. a show, which is weird to me that like so like Disney Plus, you know, they're they're consistently coming out with so much good original content. I don't know why they don't just release it all at once. Right? You know what I mean? And like, that's that's kind of the kicker. Disney. Yeah. Is that it's like, okay. Paramount Plus is doing the same thing. They're all the streaming services are doing the same thing. Yeah. Where it's like, guys, I'm here for Star Trek Lower Decks. You yes. can drop all of it. Yes. Because you're about to release Prodigy. Yes. And I'm going to watch the shit out of that. It's true. And then you're about to drop the second season of Picard. And I'm going to watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Make quality programming to keep me. Don't yes. parse it out. Yeah. But at the same time, they're going to parse it out. I'm fine. Yeah. It's fine. Fair I can enough. wait. Well, you know, what is also better, though, about like the episode by episode streaming is that if you don't have a chance to watch it and someone who had all weekend to binge it. Right. That'll help a lot. True. Yeah. So it keeps the playing field even. Yes. A bit. I appreciate that. Yes. So what'd you watch? Oh, geez. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, Cowboy Bebop, I've already talked about. Yep. Um, Cool thing. uh, Get back. I started. It is a documentary, three parts, put together by Peter Jackson. All right. Um, it is a documentary that's been actually just sitting around and never edited. 
Okay. Where the Beatles have decided they want to do a live show and a new album. And uh, they have two weeks to write it. Cool. And so they get their own space. This is after their manager has died and they begin to manage themselves. Oh, shit. So it is odd. Coolly enough, the first episode's damn two and a half hours. Oh, so it's filled with bloat and unnecessary romance. No. Well, you said it was done by Peter Jackson. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Keep in mind, people, there's who can't see it. If you weren't watching the video, there is a literal poster of Lord of the Rings in the background. Yes. He's joking. Um, oh, no. All of my criticisms are out of love. Yes, sure. Yeah. But no, that's the coolest thing about it so far. I don't know. I haven't watched all of it because I don't just have a lot of time. And I feel like you have to be in the right mood because this is not a piece by piece documentary this is like it is going like day by day but there's the he's released the third chunks releasing today he did it day after day after day and i think each one's going to be probably two hours because it's encapsulating week by week by week uh, that they're doing this album recording it live i think this is where they do it on the rooftop okay um, leading up to this but they had a film crew recording it the whole time because they wanted to release a documentary a movie about it after they finish i don't know why it hasn't been released up until this point but that's kind of the coolest thing is they have all this um, footage that they're barely cutting down on. Hmm. That's why it's like a six hour documentary is because you get to be in a room and see it's like getting to sit in on a Beatles rehearsal. Nice. Plain and simple. You get you're literally seeing each meal that they eat while they're sitting in that room. You're seeing them get tired. You're seeing them get aggravated with each other. You're seeing them. You're seeing like what the coolest things are like Paul McCartney, like literally trying to explain to George how he wants something done in a song. And George is like, you can tell me. And Paul's like, yeah, but I don't want to make you upset. And, you know, and he like watching Paul struggle with leadership mm-hmm. while they're doing it and getting in like such an insight to what their process was and how they were doing things. Granted, it was much later mm-hmm. in their, you know, careers. Because no one was recording, you know, when they started at fucking 14 years old. Right. You know, but um, and then seeing them go over these things. So it's really cool for that reason. But it's going to be an undertaking. Right. To watch because even Sarah, who adores the fucking Beatles. Yeah. Is not, you know, like she's like, I don't it's a little late. I don't know if we can watch this right now. Yeah. Because it's not entirely engaging. Yeah. So, you know. Of course, it's filled with bloat. I'm wondering was, if the uh, second episode is going to have an unnecessary appearance of Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> Chances are it's gonna. There's gonna be a plank of wood in J- there somewhere. It's J.J. Abrams, not well, she did that in Hobbit. So Exactly. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Anyway, you need to leave that be. Um, <laughs> so, so what I w- ended up finally finishing, because I ended up watching it over time, was The Bad Batch. Star Wars, The Bad Batch, oh. which is the tale of a group of of clones who were in a special creation program where they tried to make specialized clone troopers. Didn't go so well, and so they're called The Bad Batch. They're the outcasts. But because they're The Bad Batch, Order 66 does not affect them the same way. Okay. And so when Order 66 takes place, they, like a few other clones that found and removed their inhibitor chips from their brains, Okay. Um, have to go into hiding because they're not executing Order 66 and they might be put down. 
So this is the story of them going out on their own, doing their stuff, and finding out exactly how the stormtroopers came to be. Neat. And how the Empire handled the rest of the clones. I finished it, and I will say there's enough episodes in between that sometimes you watch a Clone Wars and you're like, do I really have time for this? But it is canon. And the Bad Batch for me has been the best Star Wars animated show. Nice. I really like the cast of characters. It doesn't feel weird watching animated uh, interpretations of characters I've already seen voiced by other people that are not them, which is, you know, one of the minor complaints I have about the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, very minor, though. It's because Clone Wars is still very good, um, as is Rebels. So, but the cool thing about this is that you get that and you get those characters. You can see them do what they do. But never did I think I would be so enraptured with the story of the clones the way that I have with the Bad Batch. I love their team. I love the things they go go through. And the writing for this, even just this first episode, has been fucking bonkers. Um, So to really, like, dig into, like, things and reasons it might be important to watch it and why it really shouldn't be pushed off is first of all, yes, caring about the characters wanting to know what happened with the clone program after the empire came to be how the stormtroopers came to be. Um, the ultimate probably like digger on this is the involvement of Omega. All right. Do you know Omega? No, I told you not in star Wars. No. Okay. Um, Omega is a girl from the cloning facility who has been Ton Wee's assistant. You remember Ton Wee from Attack of the Clones? But was like, Ton Wee is here, and he runs in the room. I think so. And then Jango's like, close my closet, Boba. And he closes the closet and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So there's a little girl that's uh, with them, and she sneaks aboard the ship with the Bad Batch um, as things are going around. They're like, you got to go back. And she's like, well, something's wrong. And they're like, well, something is wrong, so I guess we won't. Um. Yeah, I need to go everything. back and watch Clone Wars. She's got and well, I you could watch the Clone Wars if you want. You could watch the Bad Batch easily, um, without watching the Clone Wars. Might be important as it relates to Book of Boba Fett because Omega is a non-aging clone without a Y chromosome. Okay. Canonically, she is Boba Fett's sister. All right. And the cloners want her back. Bad. I'm sure. An ageless clone. Yes. Nice. So. Cool. She's older than the Bad Batch. Nice. That's just the excuse to get everyone to watch it. Okay. I have not spoiled near anything. I was kind of hoping... That the Bad Batch would be a reference to like, you know, they almost like a humorous Star Wars spinoff show where, you know, these are the clones that didn't quite make it where, you know, like one guy is like half of his face is a different face or another guy that has this weird obsession with like papaya fruit or something. Just something went off in their DNA a bit to where they're like, okay, this this one is defunct, <laughs> doesn't work, misfits, you know. And meanwhile, they're sitting there running around the galaxy going, ah, you know, and just running around shooting things. It'd be cool if there were more Bad Batch clones for a comedic relief. Right. For sure. That would also be fun. 
So are we running out of time? Um, the wife is hitting me up. I was going to say, cause I saw, saw you getting a text and I was like, well, you know, what time are your plants tonight? Yeah. She changed the dinner reservation. Oh, geez. Okay. Because well, there was no way we were going to make the one we had. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't mean to go that long. So that's we fine. Can, um, yeah. that being said, I think we can cut it there and just talk about more video games later. Okay. Or I can do a separate video game episode. More reason to mm. use the chip tune jingle. The chip tune jingle. The eight bit one. Okay. Sounding. Neat. Sixteen beat. Yes. Yeah. But okay. um yeah, everyone watched the, the, the Bat Batch. Yes. I think. That was really because we covered Cowboy Bebop. Didn't watch a ton of that. We can I can talk about all my Pokemon and Halo adventures later. Nice. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. Uh, tune in soon for, for a video game episode. And, mm. and go to patreon.com slash excitement to know things, yeah. do stuff. Go support us. Okay. Be elite. Be elite. Shout out. It's shout out time because out. we uh, couldn't do a, a, a Patreon without you guys. Yes. And, well, you know, this is the first batch. We've done a soft launch, so um, there's not a lot to do. So right. we'll do our shout outs now. Yes. Um, are you going to yell? Did you want to do this from over there? Should I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you don't blow out the microphone. Shut up! <laughs> um, there we go. I'll just lean far the fuck away. Which is like, it's up to you. Anyways. Yes. <clears throat> without our Patreons, the show wouldn't be possible. Right. So thank you. What is Adam's last name? I have not looked this up at all. I need to, I need to go to Patreon. I didn't even I know to to that I was going to go for Patreon. last names. Oh. I was just going to say, you know, thank you to Taylor for being inherently better. Well, what if we get better, better ones, though? You know what I mean? That's the thing. And the next part is, see, it says Adam D. Okay, so I can just say, um, I can just say, okay, cool. So he didn't even give us the whole last name, which I know it's long in Italian. So it's probably better because I don't know that I could pronounce it. Okay. I mean, so anyways, Adam D. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Taylor, for just being inherently better than others at your tier. It is it is a you know, a big donation when you do more than others and you put in more effort and that's what makes you better than everyone. You put in more. You you want it more. You wanted it. You wanted to go hard. You went hard and we appreciate that. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. But not as to much a as more Taylor. but lesser extent. He literally donates more. Yes, but he's not on the but big he, shot. He didn't go. He didn't go side. big shot. He, he didn't, didn't go, go big shot, shot on that. That's so. the big deal. About that is that is the big honking deal. Listen, Adam, it's not that we don't appreciate you. It's that you're not as good as Taylor. Yeah. So if you want to hear your name in these shout outs, go ahead and go to our Patreon. And uh, yeah, Patreon.com/slash Excitement Inc. There you go.